Happy Tuesday, diary listeners. I'm so excited for this one. I just came off Paradise Tattoo Gathering with two Nicoles. This is one of two Nicoles, Nicole Williams. And we're calling the first part of her two-part diary entry, The Apothecary of Tattoos. So enjoy, listeners. Welcome to The Apprenticeship Diaries, where raw meets refined. Let's be real, we're still working on refined. <laughs> what it took, what it takes, and the stories that are made. Join us as we learn from professionals about how their stories begin. Hey, Diary <laughs> listeners, and Nicole Williams Hi, Trident Tattoo Company. Thank you. <laughs> Thank you for having me. Of course. We were, you were about to say something. I kind of cut you off. I, you know, it can be whatever. Oh, uh, it was unrelated. It, it was about paradise. Yeah. We're, we want to do, I mean, you can talk about it a little bit. I mean, it's kind of shell shock afterwards, honestly. Um. I want to do with you and the other Nicole a whole ramble jam, but it might need some time to like diffuse a little bit, but t- tell everybody, cause we just came from that and I'm going to try and air you next week. So let's talk about it. Yeah. Paradise Tattoo Gathering. Mm-hmm. It was such an awesome experience. Thank you so much for encouraging me to go. Of course. And also Lisa, um, you too have been like really positive influence through everything and I just learned so much um all the seminars and also just networking like I didn't realize there were so many nice tattooers out there I know because, right yeah you I don't know for me like you grow up thinking like oh those people are <laughs> they're bad they didn't like like they dropped out of school but but um no everybody was so nice and so friendly and I got a lot of encouragement. There were so many people telling me and my husband, like, she's on a good track. She'll she'll do great. Like, Thank you. <laughs> but, um, just real quick, uh, you know, just talking about Paradise, what seminars did you take? I took Dynamic Sleeves with Andy Chambers, where I learned so much. It was like drinking by the, what is it, drinking from the fire hose. Mm-hmm. Um, and I also took... Uh, simplifying black and gray with Whitney Schiller and I've already tried her techniques and everything looks so much better already yay that's awesome and you got kind of like a a seminar and tattoo at once right you got tattooed by Tom Strom which is epic yes it was so amazing or he was so amazing we talked a lot we like basically geeked out about like machines needles like how he started and he was tattooing me and telling me everything. I was like, Oh, it's nice to talk about all these things instead of talking about movies. (laughs) Yes. Tell me everything, you know? Oh, that's so cool. I'm so glad. And you have been um, just so everybody knows voracious from like the start when I first met you, Um, you know, I, I met you before your apprenticeship and you were looking for one and um you know, you just, I, I really, I'm honored because you used a lot of my advice uh, right away. And one of those was reinventing the tattoo, which you joined. Um, 
And, you know, I guess from there, let's talk about it. Like, you know, you're a fresh, newly graduated tattoo artist. But but what what started everything, you know, like before going back, before you met me, before anything, what what was the thing, you know? Um, I've always loved art. I think I drew, I drew since I was like four and my parents knew I was an artist. Um, but it always came down to like, you can always do art on the side, but you have to have a good job. Um, and us being immigrants, it was really important to get good education, good career and everything. My high school art teachers were like, like highly encouraging me to go to art school, but I was like, no, but I don't want to be a hungry artist. Like I'm going to do something more practical and helping people and became a pharmacist, met my husband in pharmacy school. Um, but with COVID just changed my perspective on everything. Like you could die any day. And I didn't want to be those people like regretting on the deathbed that I didn't do anything with my passion and the burnout from the COVID made me really miss like creating and doing art stuff and tattoos um I first came or got exposed to tattoos when I started dating my husband and his family had tattoos and I was like oh interesting like average people are allowed to have tattoos not just like prisoners and gang members <laughs> and I've always like drawn a lot of like tattoo ideas that I would want and like with the COVID it kind of came back to me and I was like oh I need I need a therapy tattoo therapy like because I'm getting all these burnouts and I'm like researching artists and styles and um around the time I was trying to get tattooed I think everyone was booked because everyone was coming out of the quarantine so I was like researching doing all that and I was getting like small flash designs and then one day I was like why don't I just like keep drawing what kind of tattoos I want to get I like I wonder what it actually takes to become a tattoo artist. So I like kept researching. I was on Reddit a lot. So I was just like reading a bunch of different things, like people's different apprenticeship. I was like, apprenticeship? What is that? It sounds like some sorcerer and his apprentice from Fantasia. But um, yeah, so I just did like a bunch of research, um, like on YouTube, Reddit, Instagram. And then I was What's listening the, to a lot of... I'm sorry to interrupt you. Um I haven't been on Reddit. Uh, I've heard about Reddit. I've actually heard that I'm on Reddit, but I've never been on Reddit. Um, what What are some, do you have any really good people to shout on Reddit that I can just offer or that you can offer? Um, I haven't been back on there. Basically, it's like a bunch of forums, like discussion groups. So you can okay. join different communities. So I, um, I think I was in like the tattoo artist and tattoo apprenticeship subgroup but I had to leave Reddit because I was falling into like the political and news side of Reddit and everything was like apocalypse in there so I was like oh no (laughs) but I did get a lot of information out of there bravo Uh, to uh disconnecting when you felt like it wasn't serving you know what you were aiming for it just caused a lot of anxiety for me um Mm -hmm. but I did find another pharmacist in Australia who was also 32, like same age as me. And she was also going through tattoo apprenticeship. I was like, Hey, I'm you on the the other side of the world. 
So that was cool. But yeah, I got it's a lot cool. of like, portfolio reviews there. And I try to like make my own website. And I was like, oh, what do you think about this? Just a lot of feedbacks like that. Oh, fantastic. But, yeah, yeah. What really did it for me was like finding your apprenticeship diaries podcast. <laughs> I like went through everything, like whether I'm driving, drawing, I listen to everything and everyone. And I learned so much. Aww. Yeah. Do you have um just as curiosity, because you know, when when we're sitting down with clients and they're wanting our work, it's sometimes really nice to hear about the things that they've seen that have like drawn them in. Was there an interview or something particular that you heard or somebody that stood out that that really helped kind of give you insight? I don't even remember what half the shit I say. I mean, I say a lot of things. Um I remember Halo's interview a lot. That was really good. Um, and I just listened to all of Casey Hart's. And I remember listening to her in the beginning, too. I was like, oh, that's so cool. Now she has a shop. So that was awesome. And now I'm apparently on it. So yeah, <laughs> it is crazy. Like, it's all looped around. And when I started my apprenticeship, everybody was like, well, and they still do tell me that I'm going through a phase. Like you're going to get out of your phase because I do do that. I don't know if it's ADHD, but I get into things and then I quickly jump shit. So I remember like I was listening to your podcast, like drawing crazily and researching. And I was like, if I can be obsessed with this for a year straight, then I know it's not just a phase. But it's been a year since then. And I graduated my apprenticeship. Yeah. So I think that's saying something. Well, and you were, I mean, from what all I could see was very prolific and uh, definitely researching. And that was very apparent up front when I saw what you were coming to the table with. I was like, oh, she's she's not going to have any problem at all because you're you're very keen to what I think. uh I mean, I don't want to put it this way, but you, you have a good sense of what's marketable. You have a good sense of what people would be into, uh, a very relatable vibe. Uh, I think you have a style that's very you, uh, and also like, it's kind of like, it reminds me of Amber, you know, Amber Ramirez a little bit, but in a different way. Like, it's like a cute macabre, um, and Amber's is very witchy and kind of things like that. But I think you do more of the like, you know, I don't know, juxtaposition of cute and, you know, also seedy and dark, which I, I think is you, you know, like it's you. Yeah. Thank you. I yeah. mean, half the time, I don't know what I'm doing. I just <laughs> do what I would like to see in like other people's work that I don't see. Um, and while I was working as a pharmacist, I've had Etsy online business. And I think that really helped me kind of get in the groove of like content creating and like talking to people online, um, having the language like professionalism and also working at the pharmacy kind of helped me with the bedside manner, like responding to emails, like what to say or how to say things. Um, but as far as like, marketability and all that I'm still figuring that out like social media and all that what did you sell on Etsy um I sold imported succulents Ooh, that's cool yeah like succulents were 
getting really popular. And then I discovered there were like rare types that are imported. So not, not just like some green things you find in like box stores, but there are like different shapes and uh, genetic variations that you can import. And I like obtained import license. And um, they were selling selling them from the South Korean website. I'm like, oh, I know I have root here. That's <laughs> so, so like, cool. Them and selling them. But then I stopped doing that with COVID. But um, it did help me pay off some of my student loans. So, yes. yeah, it was good business. That's fantastic. I love that. Um, mm-hmm. And, you know, that, you know, whilst not with the art kind of thing, but like you said, with the business aspect of it, you know, one of the things that I referred to people, you know, while I was at Paradise, I did a a talk about how to attain a mentor, how to be more attractive. I said, you know, put yourself out there, you know, be seen. That's a way, you know, even if it wasn't art, you were out there, you were putting out a product, you knew how to put, you know, push a product. I don't mean to sound it like that. It's, it's just, marketing terms and selling terms but yeah yeah yeah, exactly and you also uh and I think that that's been a lot of your experience and and the modern generation's experiences having to utilize social media to really uh not only not only push that product but also um learn and be seen and I guess uh, when it came down to, um, and we know that you joined uh, Reinventing, uh, how did that look a little bit before we get to what eventually was your apprenticeship? With the Reinventing? Mm-hmm. Yeah, so I mainly joined um, because of like re- your recommendation on the podcast. And while I was drawing and like building my portfolio for apprenticeship, I really couldn't wrap my head around like American traditional tattoo designs or how to design for a tattoo because while I was researching, I saw that not everything can be tattooed. I was like, what does that mean? Like it's, you draw something and you put it on somebody and it's totally different. And that class sounded like it was like geared towards tattoo artists. And um, like I looked into it, there's like more in-depth canon in there but I was like oh let me give it a try and um yeah it's just like another really great online community like you get to meet artists from all over the place like Sandy from Canada and that's how I met Jason who is also an amazing um connection and yeah just learning and it really helped me develop my portfolio and um, I stayed within the course even after I started my apprenticeship. Um, I took it for like two weeks and then I told the people in the class, I'm going to go out there and then look for a shop. And then the next class I came back, I was like, I found a shop. <laughs> and yeah, I stayed with the course for like a few more months. And my mentor um, saw one of the drawings I did for their class. It was actually Jason, <laughs> Jason Leeser's line weight class. We got to draw falcons or eagles. And later on, Scott, my mentor, told me he saw my falcon drawing and could tell that I would be a good tattooer. Oh, yay. Like, like no, thank you, Reinventing and Jason and Scott. <laughs> I mean, honestly, I 
I've experienced it a couple of times. I did a couple. I, I, I can't say that I've um, submitted myself over and over and over. That that would probably be a really good goal of mine to like take their full um, course. I've I've done the exercise exercises I've read through with my apprentice, a lot of the um, actual verbiage on there, which I think is really well you know, guy wrote it and basically really well thought out the, the, the free materials that they put out there right away is a great jumping off point. And, uh, I I just think, I mean, I don't know with Scott did, did knowing that you had already, you know, reinventing the (laughs) tattoo, knowing about Guy Atchison, did that matter? Um, I wouldn't say, well, yes and no, like, it wasn't like, oh, I'm, letting you stay at my shop because you're doing that but um he valued that I did something extra outside of the shop to improve myself because during your tattoo apprenticeship they're not teaching you how to draw they're teaching you how to tattoo and reinventing is more for like how to design good tattoos where to put line weight like value contrast like all the basic things so I think it's really valuable for people seeking apprenticeship or even current tattooers. They have critique days, things like that. And I want to go back. I really should um, go back and take it again, even like join the free, um, what is it, Monday drawing, drawing morning or something like that. I just had to drop the Monday night because I have a six-year-old and it was getting a little much like, um committing bedtime into drawing so I couldn't do that but I definitely want to go back to the morning sessions where we draw live all together and just talk about their week what did you tattoo last week um just things like that it's like a great way to um like have friendship in the industry I feel like and I got to meet them all in person at paradise it was amazing I'm like oh now I I know how you look like I know how tall you are. Yeah. <laughs> you know, Sandy's a pretty That's tall so human. That's, <laughs> That's awesome. Yeah. Like, um, well, and, and it's just, you know, that's that's something that I think uh, that being a foundational kind of tool, you know, it's always there for you. If you're kind of starting to feel <clears> like <throat> stagnant a little bit. I know that for myself, it was really great to find that community and realize how it had really developed from the book to this online community. They even advanced it from when I was there into a whole other, you know, (laughs) curricula that was, it's even more now. So it's, it's pretty dope. And for anybody out there, it's unbelievably inexpensive. Like it's really so many free, like so many free resources. Yeah. Like all you have is just like, look in there. Well, yeah. And, and for, I think even if you're paying, I think it's like $400 for the year, that $400 for the year, man, it pays off so much, especially if you do what you did, which is commit yourself regularly to, um, you know, the assignments, the critiques, you know, having a second pair of many eyes, not just a second pair of eyes, but many eyes, many people. Um, plus you met people who, we're able to connect you to other resources later. Jason Lee, sir, he's incredible. He's so excited. He just wants, he just wants everybody. He wants to 
take on the whole tattoo industry like wildfire. And I think you'll do it because he's just yeah, so I think so too. <laughs> he also got to have Bob Tyrell one, at one time, and he got to critique individual pieces. He like gave us his numbers, like, oh yeah, just text me your drawing. I was like, okay, I'm I'm sure like he's too busy for me. And I texted my drawing, and then he sent back a full paragraph. It was just like pencil drawing of a skull like such basic thing and he's like you can look at this corner here underneath the right nostril like you can do this and that I'm like Bob thank you so much for your time yeah it was amazing yeah dude it's it's a it's a great resource and you're gonna be put and not only with really good tattoo artists but tattoo artists that I think have so much passion to this industry you know like it's it's so far beyond what they know it's 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 their love of you know the next generation and wanting really badly to make sure that it's something very integral that comes in next and I I couldn't recommend it enough so I'm again I'm just so honored and grateful that not only that it's there but that you listen to me because I I do um I do think that as people come into this, that sometimes what they're missing is that they forget about those very grassroots foundational art skills that are pivotal. You know, they're everything. I mean, Nick Baxter was talking about them for one of his free seminars at, at, at uh, paradise. And, you know, whilst it's, you know, kind of, I don't want to say dull, but it's just fundamental. It is in everything he does. And he, taught you how to scale it and everything. I mean, it's incredible. And, and he's been tattooing so long, by the way, he just, he reached out. I said, you know, uh, I don't, I remember how it went down. Oh, you, because you videotaped my critique. I tagged all of them. Thank you so much, by the way. That was really awesome of you. You didn't have to do that, but it was really great that you did because I was able to hear what they were saying. Thank you. Mm-hmm. Um, I tagged uh, him in that post of the recording and he was like, I'm glad that you you know, got something out of it. And I said, hell yeah, dude, thank you so much. It was an honor. I'm so glad that I, you know, I'm doing an okay tattoo and, you know, to have your eyes on it. And then he offered, he was like, Hey, I would, I would love to give a podcast interview. So I'm stoked about that. Yay. You know, who knew Awesome. burning X cope is going to come on here and, you know, tell about his apprenticeship journey. Oh, he said, right. Exactly. Yeah. I don't know. I don't know anything about it. So that's going to be really cool. Um, you know, and that's the thing is that when you put yourself in these spaces, um, you're you're synced up with people who are not only really amazing tattoo artists, but they're probably more likely to say nothing than to take their time to rip you apart. You know, like they're not there for that. Um, what did it look like when you started seeking out shops? Um. Uh, it was, it was okay. So when I researched, like, how did everybody else go about asking for shops? Because I come from healthcare setting where when, when you apply for jobs, you submit an application online and then you wait for like interview and then you do interview and drug tests and all that. And it was not like that 
And everybody's like, just expect to be turned down by the first few shops you go to, but just keep trying. And then make sure all your portfolio is solid. And if they tell you to fuck off, then yeah, just expect that. So I kind of had that in mind. And just from research, I had like a couple shops or like artists that I want to ask for apprenticeship from. And then the first shop I went to, um, I guess they're not in the best part of the town downtown so they keep their shop locked so when I went it was locked even though the sign said open so I was like calling them I was messaging the artist I wanted to talk to that day it's like hey I'm right outside I just want to say hi blah blah like no answer no response nobody's answering the phone I was like knocking on the door nothing I'm like okay but at least nobody told me to fuck off so I guess that's okay so then I had another shop in mind, but I knew they recently posted um, that they're hiring and not looking for apprentices. apprentices. Um, and I had talked to the owner about all that. And she did say, like, we're not looking for apprenticeship. Like, please let me know within like a couple of years once you have experience. So I, I just went to that shop second just for like portfolio review. Um because one, my portfolio wasn't complete, even though everybody on Reddit were like, make sure it's complete. Uh, I was like really desperate to like try something because I was so burnt off from pharmacy. And it was at a point where I was like, I'm just going to see what happens. If I get turned down, then all I have to do is go back to pharmacy. And if something happens, then I'll take the chance. Now, so anyways, when you say complete, what do you mean? Do you mean just... The whole so, book wasn't full or how, break that down? Yeah. It was okay. like halfway full. Okay. Yeah. Um, so I go to the second shop and the they said the shop owner was not there because she was sick. So come back another day. And I was just like standing there. It was one of those uh, open floor shop where everybody, like there's no wall dividers. Everybody was like, working the four the three artists working there were all staring at me their three clients were all staring at me and I'm like okay I guess nobody's like interested in getting out of their seats and talking to me so it was really awkward I was like well thanks for your time and then just left and then I was sitting at the parking lot and I was like well it's not like I'm actively turned down but like nothing's happening so I can always try again another day or like try on the other side of the town or since I'm out and about, it was like a rainy day too. And I was like, well, I'm just going to look for another shop close to here, try them. And if they say no, I'm just going to take it as a sign from God and be like, just stop trying. So I looked up like tattoo artist near me and turned on my location. And then there were a couple and I looked through everybody's like Google images and portfolios and one shop stood out to me and that was Trident Tattoo Company. Their works were really good. And one of the picture was their staff. I guess they had like an event and like they had the whole staff take a picture and it was all men. I'm like, ah, fuck. (laughs) All male shop. Do I want to try this? whatever what do I have to lose like if they make me scrub toilets and whatever I'll, I'll just be like all right bye so anyways <laughs> I had to scrub toilets <laughs> right that's all part of the game but I was like well oh. so 
all men, whatever, we'll try this. <laughs> and then I go in there and um, like one of the artists came out of the room and was like, hey, can I help you? And I was like, uh, <laughs> I'm a pharmacist and like I'm kind of looking into tattoo apprenticeship because I'm not really happy with not pursuing my passion, which is really art. And I have a portfolio. It's not really full, but just kind of wanted to check out the local tattoo scene. Uh, wanted to get it reviewed. Like, what else do I need to add here? Because I know it's not all filled all the way. Uh, and just wanted to see, like, I might potentially get a tattoo here. Like, and just kind of left it at that. Right. It was very, like, open-ended. Like, eh. And he looked, um, Brandon looked through. It's like, yeah, it looks really good. Let me get the shop owner for you. And then he, he went to get Scott. Scott shook my hands and like looked through everything. And we kind of had that dialogue, like what got you here? And I gave him my whole speech again. And I was like, yeah, come in, man. Come and hang out. We'll show you. I'm like, that's it? Not going to tell <laughs> me to pop off or come back when my book's full? Like when I complete the all the pages or anything like that? And, um, for me, I'm very like type A, like, tell me what to do. Like, tell me how many days is there a syllabus, like guideline or anything. None of that. I was like, okay, just come hang out. Like, what does that even mean? Come hang out. <laughs> he was basically saying like, the more time you spend at the shop, the faster you'll be able to learn. And, um, yeah, just come spend time with us. We'll probably have you learn the front end like um the counter first and then we'll go from there and I was still working as a part-time pharmacist so I was like all right well I work at pharmacy for like three days a week so I'll probably be here like one or two days a week and he's like that's fine whatever <laughs> so then um yeah that was that it was like that's it <laughs> like did I do the right thing is this a good job <laughs> it was weird but Hindsight, it was all meant to be. Like, I'm so glad I was led to that shop because, like, we we all vibe really well. I love that place. It's like my second home now. Everybody's so nice. And I was worried it was, like, all men. And they were all, like, um, girl dads. Or they all have daughters. And also chill and super respectful. No, like, hazing, anything like that. And Scott's always like... You're so lucky you're here. <laughs> <laughs> yes, I know. Thank you. Thank you for not making me rub the toilet. At most, all I had to do was like take out the trash. Like he never made me do anything like that. He he didn't like all the hazing himself. And he didn't like um the stereotypical asshole attitude that some of the old cats have. And he's like, I don't want to be like that. I'm like, thank you for not being like that. And after Paradise, I was talking to him about that too. I was like, well, when I went there, everybody was telling me what they had to do with their apprenticeship. Like how Jason had to cut the grass two and a half inches with a ruler. And I would not have lasted if you made me do all that. And Scott's like, I know. That's why I didn't ask. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah, it all worked out. And every day I'm still like, God, is this the right way? Because like 
tattooing is so far from pharmacy. My mom's still like, above all else you can do, why tattooing? Like, it's just your rebellious face. But every day I'm like, God, just give me a sign. Like, if I, if this is like, uh, a distraction in life or anything like please tell me but every day well most of the days not every day but it's been very blessful and just the encounters I have like relationships I'm building with other artists clients and yeah it's been so far so good I think it is a I mean I don't know I mean to 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 point out what your mom said I mean I am I am a college dropout. Um, so that, that, that point definitely got ticked off with me. Um, I'd have to say that I, I wouldn't say that there was a rebellion because I always pursued art. So it was, it was an art field. Um, especially, you know, my parents, my mom said that at one point she recommended it and she had somebody that she was going to recommend in hindsight. I think it was, it was somebody that would have, probably scared me off from it entirely um now knowing the history of that but um I it's weird because I think it's like the best kind of rebellion because it's about it's about affirming people in in who they are and giving them the ability to I think reconnect to society you know you you get tattooed there's a there's a guy I started um following online recently he's been tattooed by some seriously dope artists i found him through my friend evan olin and uh i think he's called the tattoo therapist or the the tattoo you know like something like that and he was basically saying you know you break you get a broken heart you know you're hurt emotionally you go get a tattoo you're able to feel the pain of it and then you're tra- you basically transform that broken heart into an actual you know visible thing that that kind of repairs your heart and allows you to go back out into the world in a way that you never imagined and so it transforms that pain through actually you know doing a ritual with somebody so it is kind of rebellious but it's also healing and i think that's what people who get into it like you and you know, you, you had that happen to you when you went through COVID, you know, the things that you had grounded yourself on that people had said, you know, this is stable, this is what you do. It kind of let you down in a way that was not okay. And it broke your heart. And so it puts you in a place where you had to go deep into something that that mattered and that you could, you know, feel good about. And art has always been that for me. So, you know, and then you, you push it with tattooing and tattooing is like that on steroids. So, you know, maybe if your mom listens to this, she'll, she'll understand it a little bit. I don't, did she, did she understand it a little bit more now? Um, yes and no. She did (laughs) tell me the other day, uh, she was like, I know you'll do well. I know you'll do well, whatever you put your mind to, because you're very persistent and stubborn and you are an artist. I'm like, thank you, mom. Why couldn't you tell me that from the get go? But then yesterday we were on the phone and she was like, this is just a phase. So don't quit pharmacy or anything. I'm like, okay, mom, 
this is why I stopped calling you daily. Please go back to the part where you were like, I know you'll do well. <laughs> but she's kind of going back and forth. And I think she's like that because my sister's acting. She's an actress. My brother is like an entrepreneur and he is traveling uh, in Greece right now. So all of her children are doing non-conventional things. And she is a, she has a leader position, leadership position at church. So everybody, I'm sure everybody's like, oh, what does your daughter do? <laughs> Who knows? But with mom, it's complicated because Korean culture is like, do not corrupt the body. And we have religion added to that. So it's very strict, but I don't know. Well, uh, I mean, you know, that I, I hear you. Um, I mean, I've recently, you know, walked into my spiritual journey and my mom's not really keen on tattoos, to be honest. Like that's not her thing. I, I think that she wishes that I would put my art even still into other things, even though it's lucrative because, you know, the, the lucrative things without this, the traditional safety nets and the traditional um, legalities of most things. That's the other thing about this, especially in, in my area, but even in PA, you know, like if you don't, if you don't, if, if you're in a business where they're, they're creating legislation around it, that is a, that is a place where a lot can happen that can take away, you know, your opportunities to make money or, or tax what you do. And so I think that's, that's the point of like, oh, you know, like pharmacy, it's so, it's so well managed and, you know, looked after in that way that you kind of know what, what you're in for with tattooing. It's less that, but the thing that's, that's affirming about it. And that's the safety net is the connection you make with your community that you don't really get in a lot of jobs, this intimacy that, that really is there. And um, because we're emailing people and because we're collecting things that if you know how to use them, which you do, because you sold succulents from South Korea, um, <laughs> you know, you have what's called a CVV file, which is a list. That's a list of people that are already pre-qualified to like art, which means that you can sell art to them of any kind. Um, so you're gathering your safety net basically as you go. And I think that it's less traditional. It, it doesn't seem, you know, it seems scary because it means that you'd have to actually lean on on people but I think that if you're a true person of faith that's what it's all about in certain ways is um you know walking as Christ walked and uh, you know bringing people in and healing them and trusting them like they've never been seen or trusted in their lives and that pays in dividends uh honestly later if nothing else it's the, it's the closest thing that i can think of for myself to walk with christ that there is so i don't know i mean i mean that's that's kind of how he came on the scene it was this rebel uh the the religious leaders of the time did not like him he shook everything up i mean yeah he you know his end quote unquote, his mortal end was pretty uh, <laughs> awful, but it didn't stop the eternal life. And, and as far as like known figures 
in the world. I mean, we can't really say that his impact hasn't throughout centuries of human existence hasn't had this a massive ripple effect. Um, you know, if you're Christian, you know, he's the son of God and God that they're one and the same thing. But even as a non-believer, you know who Jesus is. So, like, It's a pretty big thing. Yeah. So, yeah, I mean, the more you get into it, and I think the more um, unveils to you and, and, you know, as your child grows and as you manage all these things, I think it'll become easier and easier. I know it has for my family. Um, during COVID, I think it was a wonderful thing for them to know that I wasn't going to be demanded by anybody to, you know, get vaccinated or do certain things. I did lose my job, but they were like, that's fine. I mean, you can still tattoo. You could tattoo anywhere. You know, nobody's keeping you from tattooing. And I think they were really happy that I had something that at any point I could just turn to my clientele and be like, hey, you know, do you want to do a thing? And I could, you know, there was nothing stopping me. So there was no governing thing saying no. Um, I mean, I could have listened to those things, I guess, but I didn't have to and nobody would have regulated it. So it was pretty awesome. It's an extremely underappreciated job or undereducated job. Like there's so much that goes on behind just marking people's body that people don't know about. I wish my mom could see me every day at the shop. I'm literally touching people, like literally touching their life. And um, I was talking to one of my clients yesterday. I've never talked to other people about religion as much as um, after I started tattooing. People are more vulnerable to open themselves and talk about deep things and what they went through. I am more receptive to my stories and there's just so much hurt from the church against like tattooed people or anyone that's, that doesn't follow the normal conformity of the society. Um, but like you said, it's, it's, um, it's like more than therapy, like more than just art there. It's kind of, um, like it transcends all those. Mm-hmm feel like there's a spiritual aspect to it i know the bible says don't mark your bodies like pagans but everyone oh. seems to forget that jesus fulfilled the law yes if you're following the bible why yes. are you eating bacon why are you shaving the side of your head why are you wearing clothes made of made out of two different yarns so you can't just pick and choose and if you are saying like don't do this because bible says so and you're going to go to hell if you do that you're discounting what Christ did on the cross if mm-hmm. you're only looking at the old law. Yeah. And that's what I tell mom too. And she's like, oh, well, still, you don't have to do that. But <laughs> I think she will see eventually. And-, well, and as far as tattooing, it was a very specific Levitical law. So yeah. it was for Levitical priests. So it was even just a very, it was a subsect of that faith that was really bound to that. And, um, it wasn't, it wasn't for the general populace. Um, you know, and, and there are a whole, I just got a book not too long ago. Now it is centered around more Catholics, but, um, there is a whole book of tattoos that they gave each other, um, that were, 
you know, in, in reflection of God and saints and different things like that. I mean, they're very, yeah, there are so many religious tattoos, so many yes. bodies cross, like, yes, you can't just assume all tattoos are like Satanism. It's not like, it's whatever you make it or mean to be. And so many people don't know that they don't even know what the Bible said. They just right. pick things and they're like, Oh, Bible says we can't have pork or like deer and things like that. And like, yeah, if you're going to follow the law, like at least read the whole thing. Well, but anyways, I, yeah. I think the point of it too, you know, not to get too deep in within it, but for anybody who's listening that um, is hearing what you're saying, and has said these same things in argument to anybody who, you know, I understand the pain of the church and all of that stuff. But the point, I think, now that I'm studying these things is is understanding what good and bad are and what they feel like and how they move. And it's it's very very subtle honestly um the 10 commandments are very big uh rules and commandments they they are really just if if we all follow them honestly things would be really great like the c- civilly all of it family life you know that that would be a great thing but we're human and like you said christ died for the fact that we're human and we're sinful and that we're going to fall short of that expectation all we can do is try. But the, I think the point of studying the Bible or any kind of religious text, but especially the Bible, at least that I've been able to see, is really seeing how good and evil move and how they work and, and what is the, the actions of those who are good. For example, you know, why is reinventing such a great resource? Well, because you have somebody like Bob Terrell who doesn't owe you any of his time, who could have just very easily sent you a two word reply, but gave you his cell phone number, gave you his time, gave you his earnest assessment from no place of what that could actually serve him. It was about serving you and it was about serving something bigger. It was about giving to something bigger. So good things are about lending uh i think uh everybody this very optimistic light provoking energy that that raises everything up that encourages betterment whereas bad or evil is things that segregate that try to make you feel alone afraid scared angry those are the things that that are reflections of what is awful and you know it when you feel it. And so as I'm now, you know, in my forties reading the Bible, I've had all of this understanding. I've tried about every hat you can think of spiritually and I know what they feel like. And I know the ones, I mean, during my, my one, um, seminar i mentioned the four agreements i think in a secular light it's probably one of the best tools to use to get people to communicate effectively it doesn't matter to me that it explores an aztec faith it s- explores something very real very true and i think that god is so much more vast than we can ever imagine 
and he moves in very mysterious ways. And I think the point of studying and seeking these kind of things that you do in tattooing, that you do when you're diving into, like, as you have a passion, is that you're, you're looking for truth. And when you're looking for truth, you're, you're striving for betterment because you're willing to see something very, very real in the mirror that might not be awesome to look at, but it's confronting something very, very big about who you are and what you are and what you want and doing the things necessary to get there. And it can take on many, it does, it takes on many forms for many different people. Um, but I wanted to pause there because I think that, you know, for your journey, this is huge. And if your mom does listen to this, which I hope she does, you know, maybe this can give her a little bit, cause I've, I've talked to many other people about this and I see like a little, like, Oh, I never thought about it like that kind of thing. Um, and I'm an, I'm a fellow believer. So I, hopefully, you know, she'll know that it comes from a place of, uh, a lot of, a lot of broken hearts, a lot of searching, and all of it has led me to exactly what what you guys have been founded in your entire lives. But you're you're getting to tattooing now, and as I've told you in times where we were tattooing each other, I don't think it's ever going to be removed from your experience because it's foundational for you, just like those foundational art elements are foundational to every tattoo. Um, right. Yeah. Yeah, there's more than one path to truth and it's going to look different for everyone. And just because you're not going to church on Sunday, it doesn't mean you're not going to heaven. Like I was talking about that with my other client. Um, what about all the people in like the most remote areas of the earth? Like, are they not going to go to heaven because they didn't have the Bible or church? No, it's going to be a different story for everyone. But all we know is God is the judge and he's in control. And whether this is a phase or not, I don't think so, but he's in control. And Scott and I actually had a discussion. He was, uh, he and I were walking out of the shop after locking up everything. And he was like, do you just love tattooing? I was like, I do. And he was like, me too. And I told him like what my mom said, like, that is a phase. And he was like, I don't think it's a phase. And I was like, I don't think so either. I think this is what I was meant to do in the first place. And all the things I went through, like pharmacy school and working through COVID, it all led me here and everything with a purpose, like even the succulent business, it was a tool that helped me learn all these like online business skills, pharmacy, all different skills and I think I was meant to be here. And Scott was like, I think this is your final destination too. And I was like, ah, Scott. <laughs> yeah. yeah, no. And I, I agree. And also you had mentioned ADD and I can say that almost every single person that I met at paradise mentioned that they have ADHD or ADD. It's it. I think this is the perfect profession for that because you're constantly satisfied. It's a new person every day and it's different skin. Yeah. yeah. All of it, you know, like it, it yeah. feeds that need for, mm-hmm. and, it, and it, it, it controls it in such a great way too, because you're gloved up, 
you're very intentional in that space. You know, you have to be because of, um, you know, the bloodborne pathogen regulation. So all the things that, that in a toxic way feed our ADD are put down, you know, we can't yeah. touch them. Yes. We have to put them off. <clears throat> once you're, once you're in that zone, it's like, yeah, focus. Yeah, dude. And then once you're done, it's like, ah, going crazy. <laughs> So uh, you you mentioned you were type A. Um, did it get did it get more formal as your apprenticeship went? Was there anything that was what was structured um, as you really got into it? Um, I think Scott kind of blocked time periods. Like for this many months, she's going to watch us upfront, like customer service, answering phones, taking care of the shop, cleaning. He never was like can you do this or that? And I try to take initiative initiative a lot too. Um, but he had me kind of do all that. And I was always like right behind his butt watching everything. Never was like, Hey, come check out what I'm doing. But I was like, why are you doing it like that? Why are you using that needle as opposed to this needle? Um, why are you going over this line again? And, um, I didn't realize, but I was like watching him for four hours straight for his whole session. And then later on, um, this other client of his was talking about me. Like I was watching them again and they're like, Oh yeah, I see you like learning from Scott. He's a great mentor. And Scott was like, yeah, she would be right behind me for four hours straight. And I was like, Let's see how much she wants this. And she was there for four hours. I'm like, well, yeah, I am not here to fuck around. I'm 33. I have a child and I'm about to leave a six figure salary job. Like I better know what I'm doing. I'm not here to waste anyone's time, including my own. (laughs) (laughs) I love it. Yeah. (laughs) I love it. Yeah. So, um, yeah, I did a lot of like front counter phone calls and stuff like that. A lot of shadowing. Um, I don't know if there's an incidence where he was like, yeah, you're ready to have a machine. But I think the next convention he got to go, he was like, we'll, we'll get you a machine. So we went to, um, FKR and booth and got, um, the EXO machine. Nice. Yeah. Nice. And then I did the face scan for a week. He was never like, okay, you get to do face scan for two weeks and then you can t- do a person. It was all like, fuck around and find out but not yeah. not in that not literally just like learn your way I even asked him I was like what am I supposed to do tell me what to do because you're just like throwing me off the dock I don't know what I'm doing he's like you're an artist this is a craft each artist learns differently I'm not here to like micromanage or tell you how to learn I want you to learn how to learn you know like figure out your way but he's always a safe net for all that and even like right after I got the machine I like bought my own face you know did all that and he pointed things out like technically and then I was like I think I'm going to tattoo myself today he's like right on go for it (laughs) just stuff like (laughs) that he kind of let me um go at my own pace but always kind of watching me from the corner of this his eye and one time I was like packing like really fast with my machine on the fake skin. It's like, whoa, whoa, whoa. He was like running across the hall. Whoa, whoa, whoa slow down. You're going <laughs> to rip people apart like that. 
Yeah, dude. I mean, that's that's a rare case. And that is somebody like you who's coming from a very established career. You're not you're not trying to get. I mean, if you had to default back to pharmacy, it's not, you know, like you earn your stripes and something very, very profitable and something that will take care of you and your family very easily. So it's it's the same with her. You know, it was it was like that. So I think that's too, you know, we talked about the look of good and the look of bad, you know, you can tell when somebody's really hungry and you can tell when somebody's desperate. Uh, you can tell, you can tell all these things and you can tell when they're, they're just working out their ego, you know, all those things. <clears throat> and I think with you, at least that I can say, I'm sure Scott saw the same thing. It was just earnest. It was very earnest, very wanting, very willing, very dedicated, and you were willing to just put yourself to anything. So that, that's cool. Um, do you, is there anything that you wish would have been done? I mean, I'm sure you've already communicated it to Scott, but it seems like you felt like he did it the best way imaginable. Yeah. Um, I don't think so. Like, I wouldn't say it was perfect, but I'm very grateful for how he was able to balance, like kind of letting me do my own thing, but kind of reining me in. and. Also, the other artists at the shop, like, guided me, like, different questions. Everyone has different approach. Um, so, overall, like, it was a good experience. Um, now, I'm trying to kind of learn beyond what everyone at the shop has to offer. Um, and going to Paradise was one thing. And I want to be able to, like, travel more and go to different shops. And also getting tattooed by different artists. I learned so much when I got tattooed by you and just like talking through your um, consultation process when you were, when you were, uh, you and I were going through consultation for my tattoo, like I gave an insight to, as to what kind of questions to go through, um, how to communicate to clients. And I was grilling you like, well, what would you say to this client who was telling me this? And what would you do with this project that didn't seem good? And yeah, it was so helpful. Oh, I'm glad. I'm glad. Yeah. I've I've uh not wanted to, but you know, I've I followed a lot of relationships to a point of where there was a lot of resentment and toxicity and you know, if if my journey can be any kind of benefit to anyone, it's it's to you know, especially within tattooing when we're talking about permanence to bail out when you start feeling those things like it's better to bail in the end do it as kind kindly as you can and let people know that like look i i think this is this is better for everybody if we just don't yeah it's a lot about maintaining boundaries setting expectations um like communicating effectively like there's so much that goes behind just putting the ink in the skin okay talk about bailing out early uh nicole didn't fully finish that thought we will pick up next week with part two of her diary entry so we hope that you will come back next week and wrap up with nicole williams again she works at trident tattoo and if you want to follow her on instagram please do so she has two actual instagram accounts but her main one that she's focusing on right now is Nicole Williams Tattoos. 
Thank you so much, Nicole. And thank you, as always, Diary listeners. Have a great week. Thanks for listening. You can find The Apprenticeship Diaries on Twitter, Facebook, and Instagram. Our IG is the underscore apprenticeship underscore diaries. If you would like to offer constructive criticism or an interview, drop us an email at theapprenticeshipdiaries at gmail.com. We We look look forward forward to hearing from from our listeners. listeners.